cities always have to invest in infrastructure um, and many times they jump to the obvious and we call that gray infrastructure uh, but we believe that green infrastructure is really the only type of infrastructure that increases in value over time and we think that more and more cities are realizing that every day welcome to the esri and the science of our podcast you just heard paul cooper chief information officer of the arbor day foundation allude to the increased call for green infrastructure around the world to address climate change. Esri's Global Commercial Services Lead, John Lenahan, investigates the powerful environmental and economic benefits of wide-scale tree planting. Hi, Paul, and welcome to the Esri and the Science Aware podcast. Thank you so much, John. It's great to be here. I'm a huge fan of trees and your efforts at the foundation. And personally, I've completed every annual tree survey every year for I don't know how many years and participated in a lot of community tree plantings associated with the foundation. So I'm super excited, like I said. But before we get too far into the discussion, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Arbor Day Foundation and your mission? Sure. Well, you know, John, very simply, we exist to inspire people to plant, nurture, and celebrate trees. And, And we've really been doing that since 1972. Uh, In that time, almost 500 million Arbor Day Foundation trees have been planted in neighborhoods, in communities, cities, and forests throughout the world. You know, we believe that trees are a key part of the solution to some of the biggest issues facing our planet. That's why we've dedicated these last 50 years to planting in forests and communities around the world. And with the help of our extensive partner network, uh, we really can ensure that this work is focused where it's going to make the biggest impact. We have hundreds of enduring partnerships that range from small community-based nonprofits all the way up to uh, the U.S. Forest Service and the National Association of State Foresters. And these partnerships are essential because uh, one organization may be great at the science of where trees should be planted and why. Another partner might be really good at doing the actual tree planting and still others uh, want to financially contribute to making all of that possible. So uh, we're about connecting and bringing those organizations together for the most good. This is a big year for you. That's right, John. We are celebrating our 50th anniversary as a foundation, uh, which also coincides with the 150th anniversary of Arbor Day. Many are aware of deforestation, the threat it presents on the planet. Um, As CIO of the Arbor Day Foundation, You're part of an organization that essentially fights deforestation through reforestation, tree planting, and, you know, leveraging a network of partnerships in the public and private sector. A stat I recently found that I I wanted to share showed that global forests help remove about one third of fossil fuel emissions from 1990 to 2007. But that study was done more than a decade ago. Can you kind of give us an update on the science of this topic? Um, Our uh, specific focus is in the offense of reforestation. Uh, It's not a silver bullet, but we have found that it is the most cost-effective and scalable solution to combat continual climate change. Uh, You know, we think that the science is clear uh, and on our side. We have known for a long time that trees clean the environment. They are so incredibly effective at that. And not only that, they are incredibly cost-effective. Uh, there are commercial solutions out there you know, that will uh, help in this regard, but they're incredibly expensive. And uh, planting trees not only is simple, 
it makes sense, but it also is incredibly cost effective in terms of fighting climate change. Um, I think what has thrust this into the spotlight recently is just that it makes sense. Um, the more we hear about the rate and scale of deforestation and the acceleration of climate change, people are looking for answers. And we believe that trees are one of the best answers to these problems. So it seems like I'm hearing about tree planting initiatives around the globe almost daily now. Um, with that in mind, you know, what does the science of reforestation tell us about what's possible? You know, what's the impact that you've learned at, at the foundation over the past five decades on the role of reforestation plays in, in helping the planet? Yeah, I think uh, it's just that concept again about just how efficient and effective trees are uh, at improving the environment. Um, as an example, the Forest Service did a study and looking at what 100 million trees could do for the environment. And in terms of carbon storage, uh, they are able to take over 6 million cars off the road for an entire year. They can avoid over 7 billion cubic meters of water runoff, which is enough to fill you know, the water bottle of every person on earth every day for five years. So in terms of solving challenges related to clean air, healthy drinking water, climate change, uh, trees just are, are an incredibly efficient tool for solving these issues. And in addition, we've learned that trees even have the potential for cleaning polluted industrial sites through a process called phytoremediation. So it's, it's fascinating science, but uh, microbe-infused trees are not only able to withstand the effects of, of this industrial pollution, over time, they are able to clean that groundwater more efficiently and more cost-effectively than, than other solutions. So I think it's fair to say, Paul, that an organization like the Arbor Day Foundation deals with significant amounts of uh, data about the trees, the partnerships, and, and the funding uh, mechanisms of, of um, the organization. In your role as CIO at such a unique organization, what tools do you use to maintain cohesion, keep everything connected, and then also communicate broadly in a holistic way to your, your partners? Yes, as, uh, as I mentioned, you know, one of our aspects of our mission as a whole is that we see ourselves as connectors and conveners. And that really is also how I, I approach my role as CIO. Um, we have an extremely talented technology team here, but we cannot be experts in everything. Uh, so my approach has been to really instill and encourage good practices internally of project execution and technology architecture, and then to leverage the very best resources we can find to accomplish our goals. So to me, it's about finding great partners like Esri and others who bring unique expertise to the table and who can be incorporated into uh, the solutions we're delivering. And a great example of this is the use of GIS. Uh, we have dozens of programs around the world, all working to plant trees in different environments, different countries, with different partners, each of which have their own way of organizing the work and storing the, those results. You know, we have dozens of databases and other repositories that house that information. Uh, you can have hundreds of documents detailing the impact of our work, but by simply placing that information on a map, you suddenly turn that data into information and that knowledge into understanding. Uh, so mapping is just a great connector and equalizer, and it is just one example of the ways in which we are connecting our partners and customers to the work that we're doing. 
when you think about that connective technology, I imagine it's also about seeing where um, activities are taking place, but it also has to have a role in the prioritization. What about the significance of where reforestation activity is taking place and the role of regional geography or geographic considerations to prioritize and augment kind of the effectiveness of the tree planting efforts? Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So we plant really in two main venues. We plant in forests and we plant in communities. In forests, uh, the foundation is planting in more than 50 countries and in most states across the U.S. We're focused not only on just planting as many trees as possible, but planting them uh, in areas of greatest need. In, uh, in urban forestry, 10 trees planted on a boulevard in an affluent neighborhood just won't have as much impact as those same 10 trees planted in an area that is nature deprived. So, uh, so we're really focused about being intentional on where the trees are going to be planted, what the value those trees are going to bring to that local community, and just ensure that the impact is maximized by both you know, what kind of tree is being planted, but equally as important is where that tree is being placed. You mentioned specifically choosing to plant trees in one neighborhood versus another. Are there broad geographic considerations of where you're prioritizing tree planting uh, currently? Uh, that's really one thing that we rely mostly on our partners to provide. So every year we receive uh, proposals from organizations all over the world to plant in this location or that location. And each of those have their own merits and their own perceived benefits as to the impact that they are going to have. So um, really just working closely with our partners, we will plant where we believe the most viable results will be produced and let our partners guide us into where they believe uh, they can have the most impact. I really want to hone in on that idea of corporate partnerships, because when you showed me some of the technology you were using and just the value that people could derive from those, those information products, I was, to be honest, floored. So thinking about that and the intentionality that these organizations and you have to plant trees, what tools do you make available and, and how do you help them see their impact? So we have partners that are focused on carbon sequestration. We have partners that are more interested in forest restoration and others that are so engaged that they are involved in almost every program that we can offer. And through geospatial technology and mapping, we are able to put all of that impact together in one place. So whether that is co-benefits from carbon and water reclamation or impact stories that talk about the way in which this project is impacting the lives of local residents to pictures and photos that allow corporate partners to see with their own eyes the the literal work that's happening the trees going in the ground and the people making that happen so it just brings it together and makes reporting uh, more intuitive and visually appealing for everyone i want to build on what you said earlier about urban forests playing a crucial role in curbing the effects of climate change. You can't open a paper, you can't walk down the street without talking about climate change and, and kind of scratching your head on, on how we as a society can really begin to deal with it. Given the trends in urbanization globally, there's going to be a, an influx of, of humanity living in densely populated areas. So 
it's clear that the presence of trees in cities produces clear economic benefits, but that ROI or that return on investment of trees in cities isn't talked about as much. Can you walk through those findings in maybe referring to use cases that you know have charted these gains? Sure. Well, we know um, through through the science and through experience that urban trees are the, the hardest working trees that you can possibly plant. Of course, trees can sequester carbon. I think everyone knows that, but it's those trees I think that are closest to us that make the biggest difference. They clean our air, they filter our water, they cool our homes and reduce temperatures in neighborhoods. And so the benefits of adding trees to urban areas, I think is, is one of the most important goals that we have. Some estimates say that one tree provides enough oxygen for four people. And so in addition to environmental benefits, trees provide measurable health benefits. In addition to that, we've seen socioeconomic data that says that neighborhoods with tree canopy um, have reduced crime and even partnered with local universities on research that shows that properties that contain trees um, actually have higher property values than those that don't. In terms of use cases, you don't have to look very far to, to see examples of how trees are in, are great investment in public dollars. Just a couple of examples, and there are more on our website. Um, New York City recently spent um, $1.5 billion to preserve the forested watershed that supplies their drinking water. Um, and if you were to build a filtration plant large enough to clean that amount of water, it would have cost the organization or the city over $6 billion dollars. In towns and cities like Cincinnati, uh, the return on $1 of investment in the city's community trees was $4.44. So it's clearly a great benefit and well worth the investment in trees. So what role is technology playing in helping you really optimize the placement of trees in these urban areas to get the most bang for your buck, so to speak? There's a lot of data out there that helps us understand the material benefits of trees and then leaning on our partners we we can apply that technology to help choose where trees go uh, one example is uh, our energy saving trees program which is where utility companies uh, acquire trees and give them to property owners who then use a web portal that we provide to place those trees in the most cost efficient and beneficial location on their property taking into account windbreak, shade, uh, we can calculate uh, energy savings, not only for the homeowner, we can then also help energy companies at large lower their peak energy demands through uh, heat reduction. So it's the balance between using technology and trusting community partners to know uh, where uh, the most impact will be had. A lot of cities don't have the budget or, or planning capacity really to expand their urban forests or know how to best do so. How does this technology and some of the information you're able to derive and provide to these municipalities or these communities really help them focus their efforts given limited budget? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, as with any public government, uh, local resources are scarce and tree planting programs are often competing against others that are maybe considered more important for daily living. Cities always have to invest in infrastructure, um, and many times they jump to the obvious, and we call that gray infrastructure. Uh, but we believe that green infrastructure 
is really the only type of infrastructure that increases in value over time. And we think that more and more cities are realizing that every day. And it is technology like the the utility, uh, the energy saving trees program that I mentioned that help prove and demonstrate um, that that green infrastructure is going to bring positive economic benefit. So one thing we're really delighted in is just the focus communities have placed on trees. Uh, Our Tree City USA program has now been in existence for over 40 years and almost 4,000 cities and communities have signed up to place a focus on the importance of trees. Uh, In 2020 alone, one and a half billion dollars were invested in urban forestry and 750,000 trees have been planted as a result of that. Uh, So a lot of research has gone into the value of trees in an urban community uh, and programs like our energy saving trees uh, application have helped demonstrate that value and we're continuing to find ways, partnerships with universities and cities uh, and others to really highlight the value and importance of trees in this setting. Paul, let's take a, a right turn here. I've noticed that the Arbor Day Foundation sells trees and its own brand of coffee. I'm curious, what are the origin stories for these two efforts? Obviously, the trees make sense. I understand that. But, you know, how do these businesses work and and who are your customers? Sure. So, you know, we have been offering uh, our members 10 free trees as a simple thank you gift for joining the foundation. And we've been doing that for uh, well over 30 years. And so through that program, we learned uh, a lot about how to source trees and how to distribute them. And so that really naturally evolved into uh, our uh, online tree business and uh, selling trees direct to consumers. Um, You know, many of our customers and partners are simply tree planters uh, and they know and see the value in having trees on their property. So we're fortunate to be able to offer that program um, and supply them something that they hold in such, that's such high value. Uh, additionally, we have, uh, we've developed a wonderful network of growers uh, and are able to make their products widely available at an affordable price. So it's really been a very successful program for us. It, it sounds a little bit like it's supporting the community, right? Your community of growers, your community of, of planters, everything and, and giving them kind of those avenues to, to really support their businesses. Uh, that's that's absolutely right. Uh, and uh, our customers of the coffee business, you know, are, are really just that coffee enthusiasts who really want to give back to the community. And we also think hard about the sustainability of trees as a part of our coffee program. You know, coffee as an industry is inherently unsustainable. The, the available land for coffee growing um, is expected to be reduced by half by 2050. And yet the demand for coffee will double. And so communities are looking for a much more sustainable approach and shade grown coffee is one technology that allows them to stay on their land longer uh, and produce uh, not only a higher quality coffee, but a larger crop. So coffee trees that are shaded take longer to grow. They require less sun. They can therefore produce a higher yield uh, and also produces a higher quality product. So it's not only Um, good for the trees. It's also good business, and it really propels our mission forward for sustaining trees. And our coffee club members, for every bag of coffee they purchase, we plant a tree in our national forest. So it's been a great program, uh, and we love seeing maybe a unique way that we can continue to further our mission. Paul, I appreciate it, and, and thanks for all your time today. 
Thank you, John. It's been uh, great to be here. Um, we really enjoyed it, and we hope everybody can get out and plant a tree. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Our podcast. And thanks to Paul Cooper for sharing encouraging news about the role tree planting plays in fighting the climate crisis, protecting the environment long-term, and spurring economic uplift. If you like this episode, please share it with a colleague. For more information on how location intelligence supports sustainability efforts, visit esri.com forward slash sustainability.